I'm James Chow, and you're listening to Beach Weekly, a news podcast for the Daily 49er at Long Beach State. Beach Weekly! In today's news, we will talk about the new construction project for the Alumni Center, a developing parent support club on campus, and a new ASI resolution in response to the Campus Clash event on campus this past October. Anna W. Nye Alumni and Visitor Center is finally underway. On October 30th, President Connolly announced that the $12 million construction project can finally begin after the university reached its goal of attaining 90% of that amount. Connolly announced this at 5th District Councilman Daryl Supernaw's meeting at the Los Altos Library. Construction for the project is slated to begin September 28, 2019. Funding for the center does not use student fees. Most of the funding comes from donations and private contributions. The center is also expected to be the new home of the 51-year-old Prospector Pete statue, and Connolly predicts plans to move the statue will be in 2020. All right, I call this meeting to order at 3.31 p.m. Can we please have roll call? Senator Ula. Here. Senator Ruby. Absent. Senator Martinez. Here. Senator Soto. Here. So this past week, our very own video editor, Adam Pacheco, covered this past Associated Students Incorporated Senate meeting. Uh, y- yes, I did. <laughs> I did that. So, um, the the meeting, uh, at one point, a resolution was introduced that involved, it was basically a call for more transparency from the university in response to the campus clash event, specifically the fact that students were only notified of the event hours before it began. It began at like 6 or 7 p.m. And President Jane Connolly, she sent out her email around like 1 o'clock. And so the idea of the, the resolution was that the university would have to give at least like two weeks notice ahead of time as students were going to have to make other plans, not just because of the, the content of the campus clash, but because students had to leave the USU and then there was this whole threatening facade of, of barricades and fences and police and canine units and a lot of people just didn't know what was going on. Okay, and uh, did the resolution face any opposing kind of discussion ideas? It almost passed. Senator Aguilar brought up some points about how it seemed like this the resolution was specifically towards the content of the campus clash, like specifically towards Turning Point USA and not looking to make a generally applicable resolution. So Senators Kim and Mejia were two of the bigger sponsors of the resolution. They were the ones constantly having to clarify their position more. A lot of the other senators gave like a mixture of support and criticism for it. The big overall criticism seemed to be the wording of the bill, just because it seemed so specifically targeted toward Turning Point, even though the idea of it wasn't. But the information was revealed later on by Richard Heffer. Richard Holler? Richard Holler. Never mind. Holler, yeah. Um, He revealed that the university had only found out about Antifa's intended presence at the rally like two weeks ahead of time. But regardless of that, the formal warning that they gave the students was very low. And uh, like you mentioned, the wording being an issue in the resolution. So like, what did they have to reword? So the resolution got passed for a first reading, but it was agreed that specific phrases like referring to the USU and I think also the rec center as like a sanctuary space. People took issue with that. Were there any kind of particular points that stuck out to you that Senator Kim or Aguilar or any of the senators talked about? Senator Kim brought up a good point that students who were at the USU on the night of October 23rd, I want to say yeah, it was October 23rd when the campus clash event, students were at the first floor and had no idea all that was about to go down and having to be moved out of the USU and seeing 
all that happening going on around them with the the security and the police dogs and the barricades and all that she brought up that students had to see that and had no context for what that might be because they didn't read the email or they didn't they didn't find out because like i barely even knew about the event before it happened she and Senator Mejia mentioned the fact that Turning Point didn't advertise itself like a normal organization did because an argument that was presented earlier by Senator Gonzalez was that Turning Point USA was a legitimately registered organization who went through the proper channels to set up the Campus Clash event. But then Senator Kim's counter to that was they didn't handle this event like a normal established organization would. It was very quiet, very hush-hush. They got a lot of special treatment that a lot of other organizations who have events on campus might not get so that was one of her counter arguments her and senator mejia's counter arguments that made sense to me but they wanted to try and establish some kind of system where students would be able to get notifications two weeks in advance for events that specifically would require the displacement of students or would have police on campus because another counterpoint that was brought up is well you can't for every event have a, a notification that came out so it was agreed upon that that was another instance of wording that needed to be changed where it needed to be more specific to events that were like campus clash where there was a lot of security and a lot of all that you actually covered the actual protests outside and you mentioned senator kim's point that students in the usu were not properly notified and they were told to leave the, the usu before the event did you personally see any students disgruntled over having to leave the SU when you got to the event? Yeah, I actually did. Because when I, when I got there, it, there were a lot of people that were waiting outside still, and a lot of them had been inside. There were a few people who weren't fighting with security, I would say, but they really wanted to get back into the USU because they needed to go get something or they wanted to use the restroom or something like that. And they were, they were disgruntled and they were sort of really annoyed with, I guess, the circumstances. And they just kept kind of talking to security over and over and over again and not backing down. I feel like we've talked about Campus Clash throughout the past two or three podcasts Sorry. already, but you know, what are your thoughts on controversial events like this? Should we have events like this? It's like yes and no. If we're going to have an event like Campus Clash, it has to sort of be advertised like any normal event would. That was a good point that was brought up last night that I hadn't really considered, because when I was thinking about it, I was like, I, I hadn't seen any on-campus publicity for the event prior to I hardly even knew about it. So if you're going to host an event on our campus in our USU that's paid for by students, then students should know everything that's going on. I hardly even go in the USU anymore, but a lot of people call the USU their second home almost, and there's a lot of resources you have access to there. I think that is a good point that you brought up, that the USU is yeah. paid for by student fees, and students should be notified for events like this happening yeah. beforehand. Glad to have you on the show, Adam. Thank First you for having. Thanks for having me, James. Yeah. Parenting has so many like enriching things about it and blessings that you really can't find elsewhere, but it also can be very challenging and isolating. Who you just listened to was Joelle Bobadilla, a student and parent at Long Beach State. So on Wednesday, a group of parenting students held an unofficial meeting in the university library family friendly study room. Our assistant news editor, Hannah Katahun, covered the meeting and is here to talk about it. So second time on the show, welcome back. It's great to be here. Yeah, assistant news editor now. Yeah, Doesn't... how are you thriving now? <laughs> uh, it feels exactly the same, but now I have the clout, you know, yeah. so. And this is going on SoundCloud, so you're getting that sound clout. Sound clout. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's... I guess it's my turn to say let's dive right into it. Yes, yes. 
Okay, um, so in the story, you said this meeting is unofficial, so how did they advertise people to come to this event? So what Juliana told me, she's one of the leaders of the club, or she's planning to be a leader for the club, because technically right now it's an official club. Mm -hmm. But um, they're doing everything by themselves. They're working with the ASI Commissioner for Pregnant and Parenting Students, who is Carla Rodriguez. She's actually the sister of Juliana. And so they're working with her to make posters and kind of advertise the club because they need to get people to take officer positions before they can apply to become an official club on campus. And how was it turned out event? And did they get any interested people willing to apply for officers of that group? Oh, yeah. So at the meeting, there was 10 people, uh-huh. not <laughs> including me. Yeah, and there were people who they were interested in joining the club as well as taking officer positions. What they were saying at the meeting was that the officer positions, they weren't very like strict positions, but it was if parents wanted to be outreach person or like a secretary, but they were very flexible because parents are pretty busy and they wanted to make sure that they would have time to like take care of their kids, work go to school and then they just wanted to make sure that they were like really easy positions that any parent could take and like help out with the club and also they could apply to be an official club they literally called it the pregnant and parenting students club okay that was what was on the poster and uh, what's the goal of this club are they trying to address the needs of pregnant parenting students or like what kind of resources are they trying to bring to campus the main focus of the club is to be a support group for parents and for parents to be able to find other parents on campus because they're not a big population on campus. So I guess they have a hard time finding each other. This would be a way for them to connect and kind of offer each other support. It would be the first student-led support group that they have for parenting students. The only resources they offer at the moment are counseling services. So this would be a nice way for parents to have a support group with other people who kind of understand what they're going through as parents. The club is also looking to address needs of parenting students and be a voice for parenting students. One thing they talked about was the beach pantry Mm -hmm. and how parents sometimes go to the beach pantry to find food for their kids, but they can't find anything good to feed their kids. Mm -hmm. So... They were talking about maybe going to like grocery stores that throw out their food at the end of the day and ask if they could donate that to the beach pantry to be able to feed their kids healthier options. At the beach pantry, it's just ramen noodles and Cheez-Its. Right. And so they didn't want to feed their kids that. The club's main focus is to start an emergency babysitting or drop-off center for parents during finals week. Certified child development students would be able to take care of other students' children during finals week when they can't find another babysitter and they just like need to take a test or they need to study for a certain final and they have nowhere else to turn to. They wanted to start it this semester or next semester and eventually expand it so that they can have an emergency drop-off like throughout the year. I did ask, why can't you just, you know, drop them off at the Isabel Patterson Center? I thought it was easy to get in. Apparently, it's actually really hard to uh, apply for the Patterson Center. And there's a two-year wait list. Oh. Yeah. So, um... By the time, you know, you'll be close to graduating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're done. 
they thought this was a good idea because parents I guess they have to they do stress about like who's gonna watch my child while I'm in class so this would make it easier on them so is this emergency drop-off center totally volunteer-based or the students, are they getting graded or are they getting paid for it? Or like, what's the concept so far? I believe that it's supposed to be volunteer-based. They did not specify whether like the child development students would be getting paid or they would be receiving internship or experience that they can put on a resume, but they did specify that it would probably be child development students who were certified in CPR and who knew how to take care of children. What kind of ideas did organizers of the event present to help parenting students at the university? They presented uh, ideas for parenting hangout nights. They were talking about hangout nights at the Beaumont Shores where um, parents can meet up with other parents and children can meet up with other children and kind of form a community of parenting students at CSULB that a lot of parents, I guess, feel that they're lacking, especially because a lot of parents were saying yesterday that they don't feel like they have people or a community of parenting students. And in a lot of their classes, classmates are not parenting students or know what they're going through. So it would be nice to create that sort of community of students who understand each other. (laughs) Thanks so much, Hannah, for coming on the podcast again. Uh, No problem. I hope to be here another time. Oh, you definitely will be. Yeah, I figured. (laughs) Assistant Newton's editor. Yay. Um,